This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 155. Sounds of Heaven Have you ever noticed that the Bible is a very noisy book? Wisdom cries out, loud singing is encouraged, symbols clash in praise, God shouts aloud, his voice is like the sound of many waters, Jesus prays with loud cries and tears, and even creation groans. On the day of Pentecost, they heard a sound like the blowing of a violent wind that came from heaven. In today's passages, we hear other sounds going to and from heaven. From Psalm 69 But as for me, afflicted and in pain, may your salvation, God, protect me. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts live. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all that move in them. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. Sounds of Worship The Bible is realistic. There are times when we are in pain and distress. David doesn't try to ignore the problems he faces, yet he still chooses to worship God in spite of his circumstances. Even in the depths, you can still be sure of who God is and worship him. This psalm ends with the sound of worship. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. Let heaven and earth praise him. Worship goes on not only on earth but also in heaven. When you worship, you are joining in the sounds of heaven. Here we see three aspects of worship. First, worship involves the will. David says, I will praise God's name. You may not always feel like worshipping God, but it is a decision you make. It's an act of the will. Second, worship pleases God. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. Third, worship affects others. The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts live. I've noticed how those who seek God on Alpha are often moved by the worship, and as a result, their hearts live. Lord, whatever my circumstances, help me to praise your name in song and glorify you with thanksgiving. New Testament from Acts 1 and 2 When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Amazed, 
and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Sounds of the Holy Spirit This is for you and me. The experience of Pentecost is not just a historic event. It can become a present reality for you. As Joel prophesied, I will pour out my Spirit on all men and women, old and young, rich and poor. That definitely includes you and me. Seek the experience. The experience of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost involved three things. First, it involved power from God. They heard a gale. This was not an actual gale. It was a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. It sounds as if it may have resembled a heavy tropical rainstorm. This is the mighty, invisible power of God. It was the outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual reality. The Hebrew word ruach literally means breath or wind. Ruach is used in the Old Testament for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. The day of Pentecost was the fulfillment of when Jesus had breathed on the disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Supremely, the experience of the Holy Spirit is an experience of God's love for you. It's the way in which you feel God's love for you, so that you can say with the Apostle Paul, The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. As Rick Warren says, to feel loved by God is the starting point for every ministry, every revival, every renewal, every great awakening. The Holy Spirit is the one who provides the power for all revivals, and he does it supremely by enabling the people of God to feel experience and know in their hearts the love of God. It's the kind of knowledge that travels from your head to your heart. Second, it involves fire from God. They saw fire. Again, this was not an actual fire. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed and which were settled on each one of them. This again was an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual reality. The fire of God's love represents the power, purity and passion of God. Wherever there is an experience of the Holy Spirit, he brings a new fire and passion to your life. Third, it involved languages from God. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. These were heavenly languages they had not learnt. The Apostle Paul speaks about heavenly tongues as well as human tongues. The languages were recognized and the whole known world was represented. This was a reversal of the chaos and disunity of Babel. The experience of God's love through the Holy Spirit brings unity to the church as we recognize that the same Holy Spirit is at work in Catholics, Orthodox, Protestants and Pentecostals of whatever church or denomination. There is a healing of division and a visible experience of unity. On the day of Pentecost, there were three reactions, all of which we see today to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
First reaction was amazement. Some were utterly amazed. Second reaction was perplexity. Perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? The third reaction was ridicule. Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Study the explanation. Peter explained what was happening. First, he countered a false explanation. Some were offering a natural explanation for something supernatural. It may have looked as if they were drunk because they were so exuberant and had lost their inhibitions. However, this was not intoxication with wine, but the sober intoxication of the spirit, the only kind of intoxication that leaves you without a hangover. Then he offered the true explanation. Peter began his speech by pointing out that this is biblical. We will see the rest of the explanation tomorrow. Some people draw a false dichotomy between the Word and the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. The Old Testament, that is the Word of God, points towards the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, goes back to the Bible. The Holy Spirit brings a hunger for the Word of God. Lord, I pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. May the fire of God descend upon me and on the church again with power, passion and purity. Old Testament from 2 Samuel 5 and 6 David took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from the terrace inwards and he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, Go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal-perazim, and there he defeated them. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not go straight up, but circle round them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly, because that will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with castanets, harps, lyres, tambourines, rattles and cymbals, wearing a linen ephod. David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. When David returned home to bless his household, Mishal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half-naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michel, It was before the Lord who chose me. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. Sounds of Celebration Before we look at the sounds of celebration, it's worth noting that there's another mention of sound in this passage. When David inquired of the Lord whether he should go on the attack, the Lord first answered, Go. Then the second time he inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered, 
Do not go straight up, but as soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly. It's not clear exactly what this means. However, it's an evocative expression. Perhaps it means that as soon as we hear that God is on the move, we should act quickly. God gave David victory, and this led to a great celebration. David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with songs and with harps, lyres, tambourines, sistrums and cymbals. It must have been extremely noisy. David danced and worshipped God in a very demonstrative way. David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might. David's wife, Michal, was embarrassed and despised him in her heart for his display of passion. David replies that he will continue to worship even more passionately and boldly than before. David said to Michal, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. Here we see a biblical example of loud and uninhibited celebration. There's a warning in this passage against looking down or despising the way others express their worship to God. Of course, we must avoid exhibitionism, but David's exuberance came from the heart and was a genuine act of celebration. We need to be sensitive to those around us, especially, for example, in the early weeks of Alpha when there are lots of people around who are not used to exuberant worship. However, generally, you should feel free to express your worship to God as passionately as you want, not worrying about what other people might think of you. Lord, may the churches again be filled with the sound of worship and celebration. May every Alpha weekend be filled with the sound of Pentecostal outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the heavenly sounds of worship and celebration to the glory of your name. Pepper adds, in 2 Samuel 6, verse 14, it says, David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might. Michal, the daughter of Saul, watched from a window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. I have some sympathy with Michal. I have been tempted to despise liturgical dance in the past. Maybe I need to get rid of some inhibitions. I'm not sure about the ephod, but watch out on Sunday.